The complete site for the Elegant Excellence Journal is here. If we did like sound effects on this podcast, this would where there would be like trumpets and confetti and applause. We are so grateful to have released this site into the world. Thank you for being on the journey with us of the loss of the site, the rebuilding of the site. If you missed our dance party to celebrate Jeremy, Freddie Cappuccino, and I, I will put that in the description below. And I said in that post, it is really about the reset of your nervous system. When you have gone through a a grasping, white-knuckling, disappointment, loss, fight or flight, we need to reset the nervous system. And dancing is one of the ways to do that. But truly, the Elegant Excellence Journal is a tool that helps you do that. It is all about having more joy and less overwhelm in your life. And if that is a space where you are in today and something that you are seeking, I am so thrilled to get this product into your hands. I will put the shop site below. Go today, get started with our signature set of one portrait and one pursuit, and be sure to join us inside the Elegant Excellence community where we have an incredible month together coming up for April of our fresh course module every single month in 20 minute or less digestible elements for you to just support you throughout your week, throughout your day, as you are moving along. There is no way to get behind or to feel overwhelmed. It is such a supportive, encouraging, empathetic community with coaching from myself, advice and wisdom from the rest of the community in such a beautiful space. And I would love to see you inside today. And speaking of today, if you are seeking more joy and less overwhelm, and I don't know anyone who isn't, today's episode and topic is for you. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, my friend. So today's conversation is not about business. I just want to note that upfront. If you are an entrepreneur, it will be especially applicable to you. But truly, this is about any time in your life when you are either feeling overwhelmed, spread too thin, like you keep trying in the same direction and you're just kind of not getting there. It's kind of not working. You've come at something from a variety of different angles. You've tried to problem solve and you're just feeling like, is it time to make a change? Or when you are feeling out of alignment and when you are asking, is this really the most the, the path of most integrity for me. And integrity just means what you know to be true and right for you in your gut, in your insides. You are living that out and you aren't being swayed by what someone else wants you to do or what someone else did for them, what somebody else thinks would be, thinks would be a good idea, that you are wanting to feel that alignment. And these could be in our work, in our family decisions, in our relationships. There's so many different applications. In my case, this is about the decision to close my most profitable product that I will no longer be offering. And It is about saying no to something when it feels really scary to make that big of a change. And I think why it matters, well, let me just clarify right off the bat. What I am, the the, the product that I am no longer offering is my business mastermind. It's called the Elegant Excellence Mastermind. It was founded in 2019. I've run it for four seasons. And I love this product because I really had a vision to offer something that I didn't see existing in the market. And that was a medium-sized mastermind that was not $20,000 a year to join because you have to really be at a certain point in business in order to be able to invest in that. And I felt like it was leaving so many people out and I had such a heart for my years in business when I really wanted to be a part of a community like that, but I was scared to even apply because they wouldn't put the price up front and I just didn't want to be... 
I didn't want to feel, have to say to someone, oh, I'm not going to be able to afford that. Um, and so I just wouldn't even apply. I wouldn't even find out what the price was. And so I wanted to create something that was so clear up front what the price was. And I really felt like it was affordable. And instead of it being something that only 20 people could participate in, we could have a more medium sized group of 200 people. So that you also had more feedback and more different perspectives, different business models, more diversity that you were hearing from. So I still believe so much in that vision and I loved it. It has been a incredible experience. I've been so deeply honored to help so many people. The results and the response have been so humbling. And yet around the summer, I started to feel like I don't know if it's the right decision to continue with that. And so it is closing this week. Um, This episode is on Wednesday and Friday is our last day together in the community. Some of the women in this community have been with me for four years. We have been together for four years and that has really been incredibly special to spend so many years really getting to know people, really getting to know their businesses and their personal lives and the the choices that they've made and be able to celebrate the courage that you see or the pivoting that you see because you really know someone's story. And so ultimately, that then laid the foundation for my vision for our Elegant Excellence community, which is not about entrepreneurship, and um, creating that space with the same vision, that those of you who are joining us, especially here in this inaugural year and are being present in that community, we will be able to build genuine relationships over the next four years, not only myself and you, but the other members of the community. So while that is coming to a close, let me zoom back up and talk about what I want to share today is why it matters when we're making these decisions, what it really impacts, how we got here in the first place to these things that we have committed to, how we get out, and then again, why why it matters and how we really process and support ourselves in this. So the first part of why this matters has to do with essentialism, which you know is one of my favorite words, and I have been on this essentialism train since 2015. And the irony is, so essentialism in, in short is choosing less but better. And I often say, If it was easy to choose less, we would all be doing it. Um, I say this often in my healing burnout course. You know, if if it was easy and simple to do this, to just not be burnt out or to heal your burnout, you would already be doing it. And the reason things are complex, or rather things that are complex, have so many layers. They aren't something that we just start doing or stop doing. Like it's about developing the habit of flossing. I mean, you either floss or you don't. You're kind of good at it. You're not very good at it. Whatever you mean on the spectrum of flossing, but it's really just about the flossing. It's just a habit that you are building. And we all have little things like that that we're struggling with. But when it comes to something like being overwhelmed, burnt out, spread thin, just feeling a little bit off within yourself, because I think that's an element of essentialism is also getting more, and I've never really thought about it this way, but in thinking about having this conversation with you, I thought it's really also about getting to the essence of what is most important to you. And when we talk about being spread thin, I mean, when even just when I say spread thin, my hands spread apart, right? I think of it like if you just poured ink on your desk all of a sudden, it's going to spread and pool as opposed to keeping all of that ink in the pen. And now we can draw one smooth straight line. And there's that narrowing. It feels better. There is kind of an integrity that comes with doing less because you're really focused on the things that matter the most to you. And that's why I said this isn't even always exclusively about I'm doing too much. I have too many projects. I have too many things I have committed to. It could also be having too much spread in your life of where your energy is, where you kind of say this in one part of your life, but you're sort of living out this in another part. You kind of want A, but it sort of goes against B. Like even just that sort of internal spreading. And 
the irony is that in 2014, I was incredibly burned out and overwhelmed. And I hired my first business coach in December of that year. And which is wild to think, I mean, what are we, we're coming up on, was that nine years ago? And we're, we're nearing 10 years-ish that if I go back, that is where this story started. The decision that I made that is closing a loop this week was really opened almost 10 years ago. And I wonder what the things are in your life that if you look back three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, how far back actually does that story go of I'm the kind of person who does this, I have always done this, I, this has always been a part of my life, et cetera. It can really help us, I think, to look at just how long we've been doing something can also say why it feels really hard to do something different. I've been talking on Instagram stories about the fact that I am working out and it has been a month now and it is the best I have felt about that streak of just doing something that I've always wanted to do, but I have so many years of not doing it, of struggling to do it, of not doing it well, of stopping and then starting out, feeling like I should, of feeling guilty, whatever. That that all builds up to be like, I didn't like PE in high school. <laughs> like, we're going back decades at this point. I was 15 years old and didn't like PE class. So is it any surprise that you get to 35 and are like, yeah, I still don't really like running. I don't really like having to change clothes to go exercise. I mean, you can think, oh, wait, I can give myself grace. This has been a really long journey. So back in 2014, I was felt like I was doing too much. I hired this business coach, and the very first thing they did and helped me see was that I was doing too much. I had 13 revenue streams at one point, and they were like, drew it on a on a poster board, this like um, profit pie basically, showing what percentage of my income is coming from all these different things. And they stepped away and were like, do you have any questions about why you're so burnt out? Like you are doing 13 different revenue streams. And they just wrote in big letters, less is more. And that year they helped me go from 13 revenue streams to two. Now this was incredibly impactful. I grew my business 6X in this year. The amount of revenue my company was making in 2014 versus 2016, we 6X'd. In the entrepreneur world, that was my first million dollar year, which if you're not an entrepreneur, it's really weird when people talk about money. And if you are an entrepreneur, you understand it because it means that you are operating at a higher level. You've got to have a bigger team. You've got more complexity happening behind the scenes. It's just the difference between having one kid or eight kids, (laughs) being not a mom yet or a mom. Like there's just different things that you understand. So that was a huge leap forward in my business. And yet... A great, I guess it's a great regret of my life. I don't love to focus on the idea of regret because you kind of then go back and say, you know, what could have life been if I'd gone this other way? But I also think sometimes it's good to acknowledge hard things because it allows us to be like, that was a hard lesson to have learned. But if I fully gloss over it and I don't acknowledge it was a regret, then I could make the same mistake again. And I give myself incredible grace. I was such a new entrepreneur. I was so exhausted. I wanted so much for someone to give me the answer. And that's so many of us in life, right? We want someone to tell us what is the right decision? Should I buy a house or should I keep renting? Should I invest my money in this? Should I not? Should I stay in a relationship with this person? Should I cut off relationship with my family? Like we just want a therapist, a financial advisor, a pastor, a best friend, a parent. We want someone to just give us the answer. And so I have a lot of compassion for my younger self that she just wanted somebody else to tell her the answer. And so in truth, I really blindly followed someone that was successful, that at the time I was was kind, that I respected, that was trusted, that knew people that I knew. It's not like I just ran off to, you know, some guy in a back alley and was like, tell me what to do with my life. So there was wisdom to it. And yet, out of those 13 revenue streams, they plucked the one that they thought I could make the most money off of. 
And they may not have been wrong. I mean, I can never know for sure, but they may not have been wrong. But their guidance was so heavily impacted by their experience. And I try to have this humility and these caveats on my teaching all the time to say, I have not had every experience in the world. I have not gone through a divorce. I have not run a brick and mortar business. I have not moved to a foreign country. I have not, there's so many things in life that I have not done that people will come to me and ask for advice for, on. And I always want to lead with so much humility that I both honor the wisdom and experience that I do have. And I also really honor that you are the CEO of your own life. And there is so much complexity and nuance in your story that very few people can ever really truly know. Even your partner, even your best friend is not going to know everything that is happening inside your head and your heart. And so I wish in a perfect world that this person had said, here is my instinct, but I also want to acknowledge that the reason I am leaning towards this is because it's what I know the best. It's what I know the most. And that was my Instagram with attention course is the one they picked. And that's because their own experience had been in growing and teaching a program to other entrepreneurs about a specific growth platform, social media or something like that. And that is why they felt that that would be the most profitable, which is very valid and very valid for a business coach to be going off of their own experience. But what I wish they had said in hindsight and what I have now said to any coaching client that I have had over the last decade and what I pass on to you, and this is going to be advice that is specific a little bit to passion and purpose, but I still think the core idea of it, we can apply to a variety of things in life. And that is about coming back to the Venn diagram that I think Frederick Buchner has a quote on this. I think Oprah has a quote on this. Maybe she's quoting Frederick Buchner. It is also from Greg McCowan's book, Essentialism. And it, to me, is about this, this Venn diagram of three questions. What are you uniquely gifted at, deeply passionate about, and meets a unique need in the market? So you are uniquely gifted. You really feel like you have something fresh and different to say. Now, that does not have to mean you are the Lady Gaga in a meat dress, like no one has ever thought of this. You are completely outside the box. But it just means you really do feel like, I've got something that not everybody has. Like, it's just the way I like to do things isn't the way everybody does it. I, I feel like I have a special little spin or flair. I just, this is, people have always told me that I'm good at this and not everybody is good at this. You know, it could even be, there are a lot of therapists but in, in, in my social circles, not everybody is good at being a therapist and naturally giving advice. So I don't have to go into therapy because I am the most unique therapist in the world, but I acknowledge not everybody has this gifting. I just naturally am good at this. So you are uniquely gifted at it. You are deeply passionate about it. When you think about, I could still be talking about this 10 years from now. I, I just, my mind thinks about this so often. I want to, there's problems that I want to solve here and I want to read articles about this and I'm fascinated about learning more. I want to talk to people about it. I always see how this goes to this. I am deeply passionate about this. And it meets a need in the market. There are people out there that are looking for this thing. Now, when it comes to Instagram, there were absolutely a need in the market. There were absolutely people out there that were looking for this thing. And I was uniquely gifted at it. I was really having success growing at a time when other people weren't. And it just, it, I naturally understood it. I just naturally had an, an inclination, an instinct, a proclivity to understand how to grow. And it was working. But I wasn't deeply passionate about it. If you had asked me, if this person had asked me 10 years from now, 30 years from now, you're 70 years old. What do you want to be known for? What do you think your purpose is here in the world? That, that would have changed the trajectory of the last decade of my life. And they didn't ask me what I was uniquely passionate about. They didn't ask me what I really wanted my purpose to be. 
they made a decision off of what I could make the most money doing. Now, I also want to pause and say that is not a bad instinct because in order to run a business, in order to have a chance to when 50% of businesses fail in the first five years, isn't that the statistic? You can Google it and see what it is today, but I feel like that's been pretty consistent for quite a while. So if 50% of marriages fail, is that still the statistic? I mean, we've got, you know, a lot of big things in the world that we want to do. Not everybody succeeds at. So I have always described myself since I was in college or something as a realistic romantic. I am not the romantic that says it's just all about passion and purpose. Like you still have to put a roof over your head. (laughs) You still have to have have a, a, a business model that is going to work. You still have to put in the work to make the love story stay a 50-year marriage. You can desire children so deeply and also know that it's going to be really complicated and complex to parent. So it's the yes and of that that we do also have to look at how to grow a profitable business. So if that person had said, First off, let's talk about your passion and your purpose. Now let's see, can we make that profitable? And if we have a concern that we can't make that profitable fast enough, now let's make a business decision to prioritize profits with a clear plan that says, here's what you're going to do in year one. Here's how you're going to pivot in year two. In year three, that thing you really want is fully going to be growing. I believe that three years from now, you can be 100% in that passion, but I, but I think you're going to need to do some things that are not your number one passion or your number one purpose to get there. That I have complete respect for. But we never had the conversation about passion and purpose. And that was 2014, 15 16 that I was with that person in 2017, I brought on business partners who were with me 2017, 18, 19. And they were absolutely on board for the passion and the purpose. It was one of the things that got them excited is they really so caught the vision of exploring what makes women feel beautiful. And that has always been, I mean, I started out as a stylist. I wanted to help people have meaningful style within their means. That was my like one of my early taglines, you know, was this isn't about having all of the money. This isn't about fashion week or anything like that. It's about feeling good, feeling confident. And of course, when I first started this, I just thought it was a side business. I didn't think this was a career. I didn't think it was a passion. It was a purpose. I just wanted to do something that used my skill set and made me way less miserable than the hideous desk job that I had working in the payroll and human resources department of a huge real estate company on the Upper East Side in of Manhattan in a like, you know, fluorescently lit cubicle just hating my life every day. So I didn't start out because I had this vision. Again, that there is nothing wrong with that. A lot of times you have to get into the thing in order to understand what your vision is for it. You have to start in order to see, does this spark something deeper within me? So I didn't know that originally, but by the time I worked with this coach, I had now had hundreds of students and clients, and I had seen the difference that my style teaching was making in the lives of these women. And it was moving me on such a deep level to see how helping them feel more beautiful and And separating what that meant, that it was not just on the outside, it was on the inside and just everything that naturally came out of my process, which again, I didn't know I had a process. I didn't know I had something unique to say. I just want to clarify that too. I didn't start my business thinking, I have a unique gifting to explore what makes women feel beautiful. I didn't have that mission statement. I was like, I would just love to make $50,000 a year doing something that does not make me miserable. And you know what I'm good at? I am good at organizing closets and putting together cute outfits that people can't believe actually came from, at the time, Forever 21 and Target. And that that was the start. I didn't know that there was that deeper mission there. But by the end of 2014, I did know. It only took a year in business. It only took a few, the first few clients. It only took, you know, the first few dozen women that went through my style course to go, oh, this... There's a lot of crying in these one-on-one sessions. This is this is meaningful. This is deep. This is 
there is so much just depth and gravitas to this. So I did know that that was my passion and purpose by 2014. And the the business partners in 2017 bought into that, but they were not able to help get me to that place, which is a whole other conversation. But by that point, I knew I needed people that bought into the vision, but even having people buy into the vision wasn't enough because they were passionate about the the vision, but you know, this isn't their baby. As much as your nanny may love kids and may love your kid, it is also a job for them at the end of the day. It is not their kid. If your nanny also has kids, they ultimately need to prioritize what's best for their kid. And so they are here for a job to then go back and support your family. That doesn't mean they have no, they, they are lacking all in integrity. It's just the way all of us are, are wired. We have to put our own, as we should, our own family first. And so as much as they cared about the, the, the passion and the purpose, they were also there for the profits. And because they couldn't quite figure out how to use their skill sets to make more profit out of the passion and the purpose side, and their skill sets also remained in the entrepreneur world, they still kept pulling in that that direction. Let's just make a little more money on the entrepreneur side, and then we'll be able to switch to the style book, all the other things that we envision over here. And I finally realized after two and a half years that we weren't getting there. We were making more money, but I was not any less burnt out. I was still not living out my my passion and my purpose. And I had to make the terrifying decision, which is a longer story that I've shared before about an encounter that I had where I really felt like God made it phenomenally clear to me through the serendipitous meeting of my husband and I sitting in a CEO's office for like two and a half hours, this man we didn't even know, telling us all of these things about why this was not the path that we should go down. And I felt very convicted to say, I feel like God is calling me to say, trust trust in yourself, not in any other human. And ultimately for me, with my spiritual beliefs, that meant trust in me, trusting God that I am going to give you the wisdom and the vision and do not tie your life story legally and so intricately to someone else's who, yes, they may support the, the prophet. I'm sorry, they may support the passion and the purpose of this, but it's not their number one purpose in life. And if this is your number one purpose, then I have given this to no one but you and and Jeremy by proxy, because Jeremy and I have joined our lives together um, to say that we're we're leading the, leading this forward. So that is sort of how we got here, and I think that story is so important because there's things in your life that you have commit have that you have right now. I think a lot of people in the last few years with COVID have realized. Um, for example, just in my Christian community, I think a lot of people have kind of grappled with just how much they were pouring into their churches, which is what they've done their whole lives and they love and it's beautiful and also it was burning them out and they were exhausted and they were not seeing their own family on weekends because they were spending so much time at the church. And that's my example just because that's the world that I live in, but you may have other applications for yourself where you just realize that I have been you know, I don't know, maybe you've been pursuing some side business for so many years because that's what people tell you to do. Everybody should be an entrepreneur. Everyone should have this side thing, but it's not really been making you money. And it's it's exhausting and it's taking time away from your family, but you just, you have all this sunk cost bias because you keep pouring into this part-time thing or you are in a relationship and it's just like, how did I end up in this relationship that isn't headed to where I want to go and what are all the different parts of that? So I think when we are really grappling with things, we do need to look back at sometimes the very long story of how did we get here? And sometimes it does mean having to say, I made, I I have some regrets about decisions I made along the way. And yet I give myself grace and compassion and forgiveness because I did the best that I could at the time. I can understand why younger me made that decision. I, I see the beautiful leap of faith I was taking, even though it didn't work out. And so regret doesn't have to mean we are carrying around this shame. It just might also be what we need to acknowledge to say, I don't want to keep going down this path just because I don't want to have to say, I regret that I ended up so far down here and, and that it's time to perhaps leave it to be. So 
from that place, then the second step is, you know, that was how we got here. Now, how do we get out of here? So what my experience is, was over the summer, really getting more detailed into all that goes into this path. Now, in my case, because this was a a, a revenue stream in my business, it was really realizing in order to grow the mastermind to the next level as to what I really envisioned that it could and should be and where I've always seen it going, I am going to have to, what we call it entrepreneurship, I'm going to have to build up more of a funnel. So a funnel means, for example, you would traditionally be doing a business podcast, where you then throw to a Instagram or a TikTok or some sort of social media where you are also talking about business and you have opt-ins to your email list that are about business and you have low price point offers and then mid-tier offers that lead into this higher price point offer of the mastermind. And yet we didn't really have any of that and we didn't really ever have any of that. I never wanted to do a business podcast. I never wanted to have a business social media. And so ultimately I had to acknowledge that if I really want to grow this, I actually need to be doing more than what I am doing right now. And on the other side, what I'm really have been yearning to grow this last decade and continue to want to more so is this style, lifestyle, mindset, inner outer confidence, like all of these other things that the Healing Burnout course, the Elegant Excellence Journal, my style course, the podcast, Instagram, everything else is telling this other story. And I had to just get to a point where it was like, I want that baby to grow so much, that idea, that passion, that purpose. I want it to grow so much that I'm realizing I have to make a choice. Now, I, meanwhile, have said to myself all along, I have this umbrella brand because my approach to business is also about mindset. It's also about more joy and less overwhelm. And that was true for a long time. And so I kind of made that story work. I don't mean I made it work even to the community, but I made it work to myself to say, this is this is why it's okay that I ha- am multi-passionate in this way, that I have this diversity. But really being faced with, I think really it came because two things. The first is the kind of the gift of getting behind or the gift of having new some new constraint in your life. And for me, that was writing my book. Writing my book almost full time for a year left me in a place of I had to pause the podcast. I became less active on Instagram. I just, the book was only supposed to be six months full time. And then because of various forces behind the scenes outside of my control, it became a year almost full time. And I thought I could do it for six months, but I could not do it for a year. And so it left me in this really depleted place of there's all these other things that I care about that have gone by the wayside. And so maybe for you, that is you get injured or you go through a huge breakup and there's suddenly just this big thing that is taking so much of your time and energy that you you realize just how unsustainable everything you were trying to do was. And it forces you to say, there there are no more hours. While I'm now going and supporting this person in my life through chemotherapy, you know, four days a week at the hospital, I got to let something go. Now that I am injured and I'm not going to be able to use my my arm for two months while it's in this sling the way that I'm used to, I got to rethink things. Now that I'm going through this breakup, I've got to find a new apartment. I've got to go to therapy. I am grieving. I thought my whole life was going one direction for the last 10 years. This is taking a lot of time and energy. I have got to let some things go. So that's kind of what was happening last summer is, is as I was processing, I, I allocated for six months. Not that everything was going to be done on the book in six months, but it was full time for six months. And then I thought it was going to become like 20% of my time. And instead it was still almost full time for a year. And then at the past the year mark was kind of the, I got to do so much rebuilding and this just isn't possible. You know, if you look around your house and you're like, things have just gotten chaotic around here. I just can't make it all happen again in a weekend. This is going to take time. So if I want to rebuild all this, I got to let something else go. And the other thing is the gift of 
a big commitment or a deadline. Because the mastermind is a year container, that meant that I couldn't get three months into it and then say, hey, I've decided to change my mind and then I'm not going to do this anymore. And so it was always sort of there, which is you're going to launch this again in March for people to join in April. And it's a big commitment. I was teaching live every other week. I'm present in the community every week. There's all these different elements that we had going on inside. Every single week, there were tasks for me to look at. There were emails. There were questions. There was was tech elements, et cetera. And so realizing this is a huge component of my time. And if I say yes to this, starting again in April means it launches in March, means we spend all of quarter one working on that, means in quarter four, we got to get other stuff done to make that space in quarter one. It really kind of backs up into the summer to realize I actually need to start making this decision now. And I think so often, if you don't have something big happen where you really get behind or you really have that serious constraint, we can keep going along how we're going along. Even if it's not really working, like we're not super forced to deal with it until something big happens. Or if we don't have to make a huge commitment by a big deadline, we can just kind of keep punting. Yeah, I'll think about, yeah, yeah, eventually I should probably think about that. I'm not sure how much it's working. But if you're just volunteering every week, if you're just in this relationship every week, if you're just putting in 20 hours on the side every week to this side, this side business gig venture or whatever. It and it there there isn't some big moment where you have to say I go got to go all in or all out. Like we we are going to buy a house together, so now is the time that I got to decide if this is not the relationship for me, I I'm not going to get into a marriage. We are about to have kids and if we are not in this for the long haul, I got to make another decision. I think there are times when having to make that big commitment or having a deadline where, you know, maybe it's like our, the, the, the kids are going to be in high school. So if now, if now, if we're going to move, now is the time because I don't want to move the kids while they're in high school or, um, you know, the, the baby is coming. So if we're going to make a choice, we got to make a choice now. I don't want to be looking for a new job when I'm six months pregnant. So if I'm going to make a shift in my career, my work life, now is the time to do it because we're about to start trying to get pregnant. So I think it is such a gift when those things happen that it allows us to say, I think the decision time is now. And the other element here is, and we talk about this a lot in the Healing Burnout course, which if you have not joined us, I will actually, I will put the link below for that. Um, I'm going to pop open my highlighter and leave myself a note right now because I just can't tell you how incredibly helpful that teaching is. Um, We talk about this inside, this definition of enough. What is enough? And I just want, specifically, I want any entrepreneur to hear me, but really I think this is also all of us because with finances, you can be in the same position with your day job, with what you're trying to put into savings, et cetera. What is the definition of enough money that once you get to this place, then you will start living more the way that you want to live? Once I make enough money in my business, I will start doing business the way that I want to. Once I make enough money, then I will start having work-life balance. Then I will spend more time with my kids. And I just have to tell you, even as a business, and again, money is a little awkward to talk about outside of entrepreneur circles, but less than 2% of female-owned businesses do over a million dollars a year in business. And so getting to that point in 2015, quite a long time ago, I am very, I have the humility to know I am in the less than top 2% of female-owned businesses. And yet... It was never enough money to get to the point that I could say, now I have made enough in that path that someone chose for me back in 2015 to say, now I get to switch to the passion and the purpose side. It was never enough because you, the bigger the business grows, the bigger the team you need. That means more expenses. If you have more people on your email list, 
you pay more money for your email list. If you have more, you know, subscribers over here, you pay for more of that. If you have more members in your group, you need more people that are there for customer service and support. And I also have noticed in the last few years, and we've, you know, I've talked about this around the Healing Burnout course. I've noticed in the last few years, so many entrepreneurs that I look up to as successful, they've got the numbers, they've got the money, they've got the metrics, they've got the following. And yet hearing them talk about moments where they were so stressed out, burned out, crying in the middle of the night, not taking vacations, making themselves physically ill, burned out for their own reasons that were not even about not having enough money, but maybe not having enough success or enough peace that it was ultimately enough, that it was never enough. And that we think there are these metrics that if I can just get to here, that will be enough. And I don't know what that is in your life. Maybe you're thinking if we just get to the kids being out of high school, that will be enough and then we can get a divorce. I mean, is it not still going to impact your kid when they're 19 versus when they're 14 versus when they're nine? Like, is that really enough to say that you are going to be at this place? And so how do you know when you have had enough of it not being enough? Like you keep saying, it's not quite enough. It's not quite enough. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. What is it that is the tipping point where you say, I think I've had enough of telling myself for so many years, it's not enough. And I accept, I don't think I'm going to get there, whatever there in air quotes, wherever there is. I don't think I'm getting there on this path. And for some people, that is one moment. I've heard other people tell their story of some aha, some rock bottom moment, et cetera. But it also doesn't have to be that. For me, it just was a confluence of a lot of small different factors and just kind of being in this season and sort of having this grief and this and that and just kind of using my Elegant Excellence journal and just saying, I have tried so many different ways to get to this place where it was going to feel like, oh, it's the easy time. It is an easy, fear-free, not scary decision to say, I'm going to walk away from the part of my business that has been so profitable for so many years. And it wasn't because it wasn't, it's not scary. It wasn't because I had enough money saved up. It wasn't because it was a good time to take a risk. I mean, none of that was or is true behind the scenes. I just had to get to a place, and I think this is really where I've been in using my journal, in the things I teach in the Healing Burnout course. It was really just getting to a place of more of this integrity within myself of you've known all along this isn't the path of your ultimate passion and purpose and you just you you keep saying just a little bit more in some different way and I'm going to get there um and it also doesn't have to be I mean I love teaching entrepreneurship it's not like in any way I'm in this mastermind being like oh I don't like this Absolutely not. I'm enjoying this. And I think that's what can make these things so complex as well. You may love serving at your church. You may not be miserable in this relationship. You just know it's ultimately not the best, most right thing for you. You may not be miserable in this home or this city or this life or whatever. You may be thinking, I mean, it's not bad, but there's just something in you that knows this just isn't ultimately the best for me, though. And that was just a series of of conversations with myself and that time that we spend with ourselves in the Elegant Excellence Journal. And then the next step that I think is really helpful is having a transition period of time. Because I started to have this thought over the summer and I had time to sit with it then. And then I let our mastermind members know before the end of the year. So I'd maybe had like four-ish months to kind of sit with it. And then I had another 
five months before I really had to make the decision. I could have changed my mind in in that time. If you are trying to make a decision, I will link below the um, three-part decision-making series that I did because that has helped a lot of y'all and I have just had to make so many decisions, huge, big, scary, life-altering decisions in the last few years and that's why it ended up being a three-part series because there's so many angles on that. But I do think... Having the time to sit with it, not waiting until the 11th hour really gave me so much peace and permission. And we go back to sometimes we need that deadline, but I think then we can put things off until the deadline. And actually there was something in Jeremy and I's life recently that I said, we were like, okay, this is the deadline we have to decide by. And so I actually wrote on our calendar two weeks before then we need to start having the conversation about the fact that the decision deadline is approaching. We can't wait until it's the day of the decision and then start discussing it because we're not gonna have enough time for it to settle. We're not gonna have enough time to make the decision and sit with it having um, intellectually made it, but not made it in action yet. That makes it a lot less terrifying. And I think there is someone listening that needs to start to intellectually make the decision before they get too close to having to actually say it publicly, flip the switch, whatever, because I've it's allowed me to have a lot more peace in getting there. And the other thing that I've done in kind of how how we get out of a situation that we feel like maybe we were being led out of, led out of, not let with a T, but led um, with a D, is I've really chosen to focus more on the joy than the fear. That everything that I am saying yes to rather than the fear of what I'm saying no to. I am saying no to my most profitable revenue stream. I'm saying no to my biggest launch of the year. I'm saying no to my monthly recurring revenue. All of that is such a scary decision to make. But what I am saying yes to is getting to have one cohesive message everywhere. Doesn't that feel so freeing? Just having one direction that we're focusing on. Doesn't that feel relaxing? Doesn't that feel like that that ink spill that we had before just like goes back into one line and like, oh, that just, you're not as spread thin. I'll be able to help 100% of the people who are here in 100% of the things that I offer. Everything is for everyone. It's one cohesive story. I can put my energy into things that are much more affordable, even though that was my goal with the mastermind, it still meant that it was was still a higher ticket offer. And this allows me to really create things at a price point that I know is much more accessible to truly have a bigger impact. And I still am going to end up teaching business. I mean, just whether that's organically what I share now and then, or we have other products and services um, that that we still offer. We have our Creative Business Accelerator class. It doesn't mean that I am never speaking about this topic again, or I won't have other products and offers. I won't still be teaching it in a variety of ways because it's still a part of my life. It's still a part of who I am, and I do love it. It's only saying it's not my number one commitment, my biggest launch of the year that I commit to for 12 weeks, the task I have, the project that I have tasks for every single week. It's just pulling that off, and I think that is also something to think about as well. Just because you move out of the city doesn't mean you can never come back to it. Just because you decide not to move to the city doesn't mean you can't choose to vacation there every single year. Now, there are things you got to decide. You either have kids or you don't. (laughs) There are things in life that are very binary. But there's a lot of other decisions. You can step down from serving a gazillion hours at your church and still be engaged in that church or still have part of it that you do. You can still be present at your kid's school, but say, I got to pull back. I was going above and beyond. I was, you know, my, my dance mom life. I was just, it was taking so much out of me. It doesn't mean I have to say my child can no longer be in the dance program. We can just recalibrate that. So that will still be a part of my, what I naturally am sharing, but I've been focused more on the joy of how excited I am about what I am saying yes to rather than the fear of what I'm saying no to. And I think to close this out, I want to go back to why this matters. And this matters, these decisions matter because of authenticity, integrity, purpose, 
ownership. Like that is what is at the core when you make a decision that is about your family or your volunteering or your time or your income or where you're living, whatever it's about, it's taking that ownership to say, you know your heart. This is what we talk about so much in the Elegant Excellence Journal is that it is about a conversation with yourself. It is about spending more time hearing from yourself because there is, you know the best answer for you. No other influencer or coach or therapist or pastor, maybe even your mom, your best friend, your partner doesn't know what is ultimately the best decision for you, even your business partner, because at some point you may no longer be business partners and you might have to say, this isn't working for me anymore. And I've made the decision. I've had other friends make that decision. And I think there's a fine line because we absolutely want to have humility that we also don't have all the answers in that we don't have all the information. We don't know around every corner. So it's amazing to hear from and hire people and be in courses and communities and work with coaches and experts and things like that who have wisdom in areas that we don't, experience in areas that we don't. To get to hear from other people, we want to have that humility. It's not about saying, I'm going to put my fingers in my ear and go into a cave and figure everything out by myself. But what I acknowledge, you know, when I go back to that that pivotal day in December 2024, when that business coach plucked that that class out, while I do wish that they had asked what my purpose and passion is, I also wish that I had said, that's, I hear you. Can we also pause for a minute and can we talk about what my passion and purpose is? And can we make sure that we're making a decision aligned from that? And again, I give myself so much grace. I was so exhausted. I was so tired. I was so overwhelmed. I wanted someone else to have the answers. And so I trusted someone too much. And that doesn't mean that they were an untrustworthy person. That doesn't mean that. Do I wish they had had a little bit more wisdom? Yes. But they weren't doing something Uh, like out of integrity, they were just doing the best they could. And I was doing the best I could, but now I look at it and I say, the better thing is to make sure that I never again make such a life-altering decision because I thought someone else had the answers for me. And at that point in my life, I wasn't journaling. I wasn't in as much daily dialogue and conversation with myself. I wasn't self-coaching. I was looking for someone else to coach me, which is amazing. And I am still on board for that. I want to learn from people about money mindset and communication in marriage and so many different things. But I also need to be coaching myself, which means I am asking myself questions instead of just asking them outside of myself. And it's, it's that inner confidence. There's a humility, but there also is an inner confidence. And that is what I believe we are cultivating in the Elegant Excellence Journal, the Healing Burnout Course, Inside My Style Course, every month inside the Elegant Excellence community. So I don't know if there is something in your life that you need to quit, whether it's that MLM side gig that you're spending 20 hours a month on that's only making you $1,000 or 20 hours a week that's only making you $1,000 a month and people keep telling you, just work harder, just put more into it and it's going to grow. And so you're posting, you know, on your social media with your 200 followers and it's just not growing and it's maybe saying, I know I put money into this. I know I put time into this, but is this feeling aligned? Now, And maybe the answer is yes. But if it came up for you before I even said that or as soon as I started saying it, is different than if it came up and you're like, ooh, I hear that for people. That's not me though. Maybe it is a relationship that you have tried and it is not working. And it is just acknowledging, I've put a lot of energy into this, but it is just not right. Maybe it's, you know, I think that the idea of being out of alignment with yourself can even be on the smaller things like maybe you are single and you're having a lot of casual sex and it is leaving you empty. 
And it is about having that conversation of like, I just don't, I actually think I'm pouring myself out in this way and it's just draining me. I actually am like feeling kind of crappy about it. I'm feeling kind of exhausted by it. Or it might be, I actually have zero problem with the fact that I'm having casual sex, but I have some friends who have a problem with it. So I am kind of spreading myself too thin there that I am feeling some shame over here because I can't just be fully honest. And I actually just need to go get some girlfriends that are more aligned or less judgmental and feel like I can just be totally authentic about who I am. Like whatever that is, again, I'm not saying, you know, using that sex as an example of what the right answer is. Either way could be out of alignment. And I think that there can be wisdom in saying, I want to have less, but better. And that doesn't have to be a commitment or a project. It could even be less chaos, less straddling, less speaking out of both sides of my mouth, less biting my tongue, whatever that be. And the thing that we're saying no to also can be a really good thing. Again, I love the mastermind. So you might enjoy, you know, you, you want to volunteer at your kid's school or you want to serve at your church or you, you, there is part of it really, you like this side business that you have or whatever. It doesn't mean that we have to get to a point where we say, I am miserable. I hate this. That was absolutely not the place that I was in at all. I loved teaching the mastermind. Every week that I would get off, I would feel so alive and so energized and I felt so purposeful when I was in the group and the wins that people had just felt so meaningful. So it doesn't have to be that we get to the point where we are unhappy. But as I started to think about this decision, I started to feel such a relief at the simplicity. It was more about saying, I am tired, and as I look at this story over the next three years, I can see that I've tried a lot of different things to get both sides of this business to work, and it ultimately hasn't worked. It may have worked in revenue, it may have worked in business success, but it hasn't worked in moving me closer to my passion and my purpose. And by acknowledging that, there was a relief at feeling like that feels in integrity to say. It ultimately hasn't worked and I'm so proud of myself for trying the business coach and the business partners and all these different things. And and also that there are gifts from that. The experience I had in the mastermind is what laid the foundation for our Elegant Excellence community because I saw how wonderful it was to get to be in more personal relationship over years and with a community of people that were also building personal relationships. And I got to see that live out and say, what if this idea of a mastermind community doesn't have to have anything to do with business and doesn't have to be this high price point and have all of these other bells and whistles. What if it can be a more private community that is off social media where people can be honest and where they aren't afraid of being judged or anything because there's just, it's an ethos of kindness and there's a moderation to it and where it isn't a one-way dialogue that I hear Hillary and I just respond to her in DMs, but I actually can dialogue with the other people there that are talking about things. And so if you are making a hard decision or if there is the potential of making a hard decision, I want to encourage you, I said this earlier, but I think it's a good note to end on. I want to encourage you to sit with it, to journal about it in your Elegant Excellence journal, to And I would even say to journal about it more than you were talking to other people about it. To make sure that you don't start to get other people swaying you into this is good or bad before it's kind of sunk in for you. As much as I love verbal processing and therapy and coaching and friends and all of that, I also in the last just couple months have started to see when are the times that I actually need to talk to myself first because I'm asking myself for advice on this or turn to something like the Elegant Excellence community where you're going to hear a variety of opinions of people that are more distant from you. So it's also easier to be like, you know, like I remember this actually in our style community years ago, we had a girl that she, um, I can picture her face, but I can't think of her name, this blonde woman. And she 
asked like, which of these outfit options did everybody like from like a style challenge? And everybody liked number one or two. And she was like, you know, I just was feeling three. So I went with three. And everybody was like, amazing, I'm so proud of you. Like you listen to yourself because that's what matters the most. Because none of those people had a vested interest, right? But your mom, your best friend, your your husband, your wife, like they might have a vested interest because they don't like change or they like this part of you or they like the income that comes from this part of you or if, if you stop doing this thing, then it might make them feel like they should stop doing this thing. But when you're in something like the Elegant Excellence community, you can post that and no one else is affected by what you chose. They just want you to choose the right thing for you. And so it's easier also to get that feedback and then see how does that sit? And you don't have any story about the attachment to it. So my friend, I hope that this has blessed you today. I hope this has given you some good food for thought. And I hope that it has made you think about someone else in your life that is trying to make some big decisions or maybe even made a big decision that they need to be validated in that you can share this with because they they did make the decision about the relationship or the the revenue stream or the business or you know it's been weighing on them um, and that you can share it and have a conversation about what blesses both of you the most. And that is ultimately just my heart for all of us, right? That we want to do what brings us the most joy. Our life is short. We do, it is not guaranteed. We do not know how much time we have and we all should be living it with as much passion and purpose as we can. We got to be realistic romantics. That doesn't mean that we can throw everything out the window and move to an island if that is our vision today. But I genuinely do believe from the bottom of my heart, we can all be taking steps closer to our passion and our purpose. It just starts with having more of a dialogue with yourself because you have the best answers. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. Yes, something I'm loving lately is old friends. This weekend, we had an old friend in town, um, I have this crew of folks that I was single with in the city, a co-ed crew of men and women that um, we met through online dating. I met one of them and then he was friends with someone else and then I met someone else and then they all became friends and then one of them brought someone in. And so we were this fivesome for a really pivotal time in our lives in New York City when we were all single. And um, since... Three of the people have moved away. We then brought a sixth into the group. He also moved away. So only two of us are left in New York City. And um, and we don't see each other as much because now we don't have that friend group that brings us together. They have been single for most of this time. And I went on to get married. And we no longer live within walking distance of each other in the same neighborhood. You know, things change. And so um, one of the friends was in town this weekend. Uh, for something and we all got to get together. He was actually puppy sitting for um, his sister and so couldn't leave the house because he had a puppy there and then two other dogs. So just went over to his house, got takeout, had three puppies, four or five of us there. And there is just such a beauty to old friends where there's such an ease and it's even an ease when you bring new people into it. Because of course, Jeremy doesn't have the depth of relationship with these people. He's gotten to know them now over the years, but never as intimately as I did. And yet, because the rest of us set the tone for ease and familiarity, he's able to just fold right in as well. And you know, I was thinking about that this weekend and how what comes up for me then is the scarcity thought of feeling sad that I have other old friends that I've drifted apart from, that I've had falling nets out with, that I haven't kept in touch with, that you know, various things have happened and kind of this sense of oh, old friends are so precious. It's so sad that I don't have more of them, that I don't have these other old friends. And then I just thought, Kind of like we talked about in today's episode, I want to choose to focus more on the joy than the fear. And it doesn't do me any good to be regretful of the past. And we talked about 
regret. And in this case, there isn't something to learn from the fact that sometimes friendships end. Sometimes people have fallings out and that is going to happen. And so it doesn't mean you're going to say going forward, I'm never going to let go of another friend. I'm always going to cling tight even if it's not working. That isn't the answer. So I think instead of looking back to anything that you could have done differently in the past, it's about saying, I'm going to choose the hope that we have not yet met all of the old friends that we're going to have. That you're going to meet people in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. You meet someone in your 60s and your friends to your 80s, that's an old friend. That's, that's, that's longer than I've been friends with these people. And so I just realized I put scarcity into the idea that old friends would be from from high school or from college or from your early 20s or from your late 20s. And then it feels like, oh, that there aren't enough of those old friends and we get into that scarcity. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to start praying and vision casting for the old friends that we're going to meet in the next few years and in the decades to come that are going to be new friends at the time who become old friends. Because that's the only way you ever made an old friend is to make a new friend. And that is so much of my heart in the Elegant Excellence community is that you will make new friends in there or throughout this year and through being in that community over the years. Because the majority of the friends in my life now are women that I met on the internet. And um, it wasn't through going to conferences and live events and things like that. We just met on the internet and I realized the privilege that I have as a, quote, public figure to connect with other public figures in a way that I just wouldn't, I'm not, I mean, to be authentic, I'm just not making friendships in my DMs with someone who's been messaging me. I, that, I, I certainly know who many people are. We do have a relationship, but the people that I am texting and FaceTiming and exchanging voice memos with, there's all, those are all fellow creators where there's been that, that connection from the beginning. And so I think I also felt like there's this privilege that comes from having that platform that I want to democratize and give more people the opportunity to genuinely make friends on the internet because it's the way that you don't have to put on pants or makeup or have a specific set time, you know, and it just has to be the start of the connection. And then over time, it can evolve into something really beautiful. And again, I saw that within our mastermind that people went off to form these small groups and these small groups met together for years. And then people met up in person and then people stayed at people's houses and, you know, had those in-person meetings, but that it just has to start somewhere. So I am really choosing to have faith and hope and joy at the new friendships that all of us have the option and the opportunity to create this year and to have those become the old friends that we one day cherish just as much as I did the friends that I saw this weekend. So my friend, I will see you back here next Wednesday with grace and gumption. You're welcome in advance. next Wednesday.